everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy!
I want to talk about how God's grace transforms our hearts. It heals our brokenness. And how many know it rewrites our story? Come on, how many of you had your story rewritten? Amen. Come on, we had an ugly story. We were all a mess. I don't know about you, but look at your neighbor and say, I know you was a mess. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Come on. Look at your other neighbor and say, I know you was a mess. Come on. You know you've been wanting to tell them all morning, right? But guess what? God rewrote our story, right? Come on, I know I was a mess. My thinking was a mess. My behavior was a mess, right? Maybe our habits were a mess. A lot of things are attitudes. But God saved us and he heals our brokenness and rewrites our story. Colossians 2.13 says, Discover the depths of our brokenness and the heights of God's love for us. Even out of the dust of our lives, God can make beautiful things. How many know that it doesn't matter how broken your life is today or maybe how broken it was just because we're Christians and Christ followers doesn't mean we're perfect, right? I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect, right? And sometimes we're still broken and we have some broken edges in our lives, but God can take us and he can make beautiful things out of our lives, amen? If we just surrender that brokenness, instead of hiding our brokenness from God, we give it to him. God, I give you the pieces, God, do what you can with it. And he makes something beautiful out of it when we surrender surrender that brokenness to him. That is amazing grace, right? That's what he does. He takes broken things and makes them beautiful. So here's the story behind this iconic hymn, and I want to share it with you as you think of these lyrics we've been singing this morning. It was written by John Newton, who was born in 1725 in his early 20s, and he was a mess. He worked on a ship. He was hated by everyone. He was a raging drunk. He was violent. He was an immoral man, he was hateful, he cursed all the time like a sailor. Figure that, he was on a ship, right, and he cursed like a sailor. No pun intended, that's actually the story. (laughs) His shipmates nicknamed him the Great Blasphemer. Well, I've been called a lot of things, but I've never been called the Great Blasphemer, right? That's pretty serious, so this guy had to be really, really um, in a bad place. He was always mocking God and others. He was so hated that one time he got so drunk, he fell overboard, that his shipmates, instead of throwing him life preservers, they started throwing harpoons at him. Now, you have to be really hated, and somebody falls over and see, if I didn't like the person, I would still throw him a life preserver, right? But they were literally, like, throwing harpoons at him. This is a true story. So he was so arrogant and rebellious that one time his captain couldn't take it anymore. He had him stripped down naked, had him beaten with whips eight dozen times in front of 350 men. He got so furious that he decided he was going to murder the captain and then take his own life. Before he could execute his plan, a big storm blew. Hang on, I lost my place. Hang on. I don't want to mess the story up. A great storm blew in and it hits the ship and everyone they thought they were going to go die actually. And he sees his best friend die in front of him. So this guy has no friends. He has one friend and he sees his one friend die in front of him. This is right before he plots out this murder to kill the captain. Okay. So this guy's really messed up. Right. And so in this moment, he sees his friend die in front of him. He thinks his life is over and he finds himself in the moment of his greatest trial in his deepest fear, crying out to God for the first time in his life. The very God he blasphemed, cursed, and mocked, he called upon. And so this started his spiritual journey at his lowest point in the place of his greatest brokenness, he finds God. He starts to read the scriptures, and in 1772, he put pen to paper and wrote the lyrics to Amazing Grace. 
So when you hear this song, I want you to feel the weight of the story of this man who he hated God and he was hated by many men, but he experienced the grace of God and wrote these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. How many know you can never be too low enough hearing this guy's story to find the grace of God, right? He was in his deepest brokenness when he cried out to God and God met him there. So I want to talk about a few things that we all have in common when it comes to God's amazing grace. Number one is everyone is broken. Come on, if you've been broken or you're broken, raise your hand. Come on, if your neighbor's not raising their hand, grab their arm and lift it up because they're broken in some place. They just ain't showing, right? All right, everyone is broken. Life is filled with broken seasons, times of doubt, times of unbelief, sorrow, pain. One thing about brokenness is that it doesn't discriminate. It finds us all, right? It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money, no money, where you're born, who you're with, this and that. It, it comes to all of us. Brokenness comes and it finds us. And within a second, how many of you ever had moments in your life where everything's going great and then all of a sudden in a second, brokenness can come in? In a moment, things can change. In a moment, everything's all great and you're like, God, you're so good. And boom, your life is all of a sudden, it's just shaken and brokenness comes in. And so we need to know what to do with our brokenness. God says, it's okay to be broken. Just come to him with our brokenness. Amen. There's nothing wrong if we're broken. Maybe you get the call. Maybe it's a doctor's report that you never expected. Or maybe you were hesitant and you got a bad report and just that brokenness, it breaks you. Something inside you just breaks your spirit. Maybe you have a tough conversation and things are revealed that you didn't know and it breaks you inside. Maybe you lose a job or you're financially shaken. Maybe you lose a loved one. And how many know every loss must be grieved? Amen. The intensity of the grief may be determined by the intensity of the loss. So if you love the person a lot, the grief is greater, right? But that's your brokenness. Some people falsely believe that they can just pick up the pieces and move on without really grieving or dealing with their brokenness. But can I tell you, it's okay to be human. Sometimes I think our world tells us, you know, tough it up, go on. And yes, you do have to pick yourself up and brush off the dust and go on. But sometimes you have a season of brokenness and you're fragile and you need to be around people who love you in your brokenness, but they can know the right days to pick you up and the right days to be gentle with you and help you through your brokenness. Amen. And so I think it's so important because we think brokenness sometimes has, has kind of had a, you know, a stigma about it that, you know, oh, don't be broken. We have it all together. You know, we're Christians. You can't do this, you know. Or people will say, oh, you're going to, you know, it's okay. But and they try to tell you the positives, and that's great. But sometimes you just need to be with somebody who's broken and just say, I just want to sit with you in your brokenness, and I understand you're human. And there's not a whole lot I can say. It's just that I'm here, and God is with you, and somehow, some way, you're going to get through it. And that's all you can say sometimes. But just being present in people's brokenness. Do you know Jesus? He was human, right? He came down to earth as a son of man, fully God, fully man. Jesus was broken by a huge loss in his life. Matthew 14, 13 says he had just gotten the news. His cousin, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never got a, cousin, a call that my cousin was beheaded, right? That's like pretty serious. And so he was, uh, this was his cousin, but they were like so, so close. It was beheaded. And the Bible says when his disciples told Jesus this, Guess what he did? He got in the boat and he went to a place to be alone. 
Sometimes in your brokenness, you need times to be alone, but also you can't stay in isolation because that's the worst thing you can do for you and for yourself because the enemy will, will try to bring in darkness. He'll try to bring in depression. He'll try to bring in doubt and fear. But Jesus knew he needed to be alone to deal with his emotions, to go through some things. He was Jesus, the son of God, but he was feeling broken. Here was Jesus. He could have healed his friend, but he is found teaching us a principle. Allow yourself to break. Cry sometimes. Scream sometimes. Talk with somebody. Get help, right? There's times when we're all broken beyond what we can fix and beyond what someone else can fix. But sometimes there's been times, I know in seasons in my life, when I went through really, really dark times of brokenness. And you know what? Sometimes, you know what? I just got mad at God. I, got, I knew he loved me, but I was just frustrated with the situation and the circumstances. And I'm like, God, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm doing all this, God, but I don't see you working in my life. And God's like, do you trust me? That's all he would tell me. Do you trust me? And I'm like, yes, I trust you, but I don't see it. And he goes, I know, but I'm doing something that you cannot see. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. And even when I don't see it, he's working because he's the way maker, right? And sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord in your times of brokenness. It's okay to be transparent with God. There'd be times that I would pull when Pastor Jacob was going through really hard times with his back and it was horrible pain and he was on these pain medicines. And, you know, he had at some point he shared with you that he, you know, became dependent on these painkillers and it was just tormenting our marriage, our family. I had three little kids. We're in New Jersey. We're away from family and friends and I'm trying to carry like everything at once. And I'm like, I'm a strong girl, but sometimes you got to break, you know? And I'm like, God, I can't do this anymore. I feel like a, a single parent. I feel like my marriage is falling down the drains. I feel like my husband's depressed and then he's irritable because of pain medicine and what does stuff to you, you know? And you're not yourself. And I was just like, God, I can't do this anymore. And I remember pulling into, it was called a Rite Aid. It was kind of like a CVS or a Walgreens. I pulled in there right next to, you know, the big donation things where you throw in all the clothes and it goes to someplace. I'm like, I'm just pulling past the prescription line, going right here, and I'm going to come in the corner so nobody could see me because I didn't want anybody from the church that we were going to to see me like bawling like crazy trying to pick up their medicine so I'm there and I'm literally in the car and I just put worship music on and I literally just like prayed to God at the top of my lungs it was almost like a screaming shouting at God I'm bawling you know ugly cry come on y'all know when like your snot's like going in your mouth don't lie and say it never happened to you because it's real salty and nasty right and you're all like please for the love of God don't let anybody see me right now you know but I got ugly with God in my brokenness. And I had to say, God, you said that we were called to come here. You said you would never leave me. You said you would never forsake me. And I know you can heal my husband. So I need you to work because I can't take much more, God. And you said that you would prove yourself and show me that you are God, that you are close to the brokenhearted. And how many know sometimes you just got to talk to God like that? God's like, I want to prove myself in your life. But sometimes we got to put a demand on God and say, God, it's our faith that connects with him. It's not our brokenness. It's our faith. Because we can be broken and nothing happens, but we don't give it to God. But when we say, God, I am broken. I'm a mess. I don't know what else to do. And God, it's out of desperation. I need you, God. You said that you are close to the brokenhearted. Why can't I feel you right now? And God will show up. I'm telling you, God will show up. And God will give you a peace even in the midst of the storm. So sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to go get some counseling. You got to talk to other people. People think that counseling is like a taboo thing because it used to be. But right now, you know what? Guess what? After the pandemic, we all need some counseling, right? Come on now, folks, right? We all get crazy in our heads. We're human too. So, you know, maybe some of you have been told, don't you dare cry all your life. Don't you cry. That's, that's a sign of weakness. Crying is a sign of strength. 
It says, I can carry so much, but I'm also human. And I need people around me. Have you ever met somebody, maybe at church or wherever, a lot of times it's Christians, you know, which is not a bad thing, but you'll see them at church and be like, how you doing? And they're just like, great, I'm doing great. And you know their house is burning down on the inside, right? <laughs> and it's okay to be like full of faith. I'd be like, you know, and I'm just, I've learned because I used to kind of be like that, you know, but then I'm just like, you know, what? I'm doing all right. You know, I'll say all right. And then people that know me know like, so what's up? And I'm just like, oh, I'm just hanging out. It's been a tough week, this and that, you know, but I'm just like honest with them. It doesn't mean you have to tell everybody all your business, but just like, you know, pray for me. I'm just going through some stuff. You know, I'm kind of in a funk this week and whatever. Just be honest. It's okay. And so, you know, sometimes we just have to be honest with each other. Jesus was in the boat alone and he's grieving John the Baptist. What was he doing allowing himself to break? Here's why you and I need to break because playing it tough won't make it go away. Come on, some of us have been taught to play it tough. And I'm not saying you got to drop, cry at the drop of a hat over everything. Y'all got to have some thick skin as well, right? Okay? So don't get super offended and walk away crying every time. Be like, girl, you need to get yourself together, right? So, but the thing is, playing it tough all of our lives, if we're told that, we don't know how to break. We don't know how to share our brokenness. And then we're dealing with stuff 30, 40 years later in our lives that we never addressed. And so we have to learn not to play it tough all the time because it won't make it go away. We need to find moments that we can break, find people that we can break with. That's why small groups, I know we say it, and you think we're a broken record. Small groups is such a great connection because you can share your brokenness in those circles of people that can walk with you and help you. You know, because I've learned God can't fix what you fake. If we try to fake it all the time, God can't fix it because we haven't surrendered it. We haven't been honest with ourselves. So until we open up and be transparent, then God can come in. But God can't fix what we're trying to fake. And so we have to surrender our brokenness. When we fake it, it doesn't help, but it hurts us at a deeper level. Because what happens is we begin to resent people. We resent God. We isolate. You know, we create false realities with our own thinking. Come on, y'all know we get crazy thoughts in our head that aren't of God, right? And we got to renew our minds. We hurt people because guess what? Hurt people, what? Always hurt people, right? And so we have to know that God can handle our brokenness. This is for somebody today. Don't hold on to it thinking, God can't handle this. I don't know if I can give it to him. And you don't trust him. If we don't fully trust him and say, God, I know you can handle my brokenness. I'm going to give it to you. All the ugly pieces, everything, I'm going to give it to you today, God. Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifice you desire, which is Jesus, God talking, he said, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh, God, he knows that he wants us to have a broken spirit. And we come to him. You know, when you're a parent and you hear your child and they come to you and they're broken, what do you want to do? You want to wrap your arms around them and love them. You don't want to correct them or, you know, reprimand them. No, it's like, what's going on? Even if you messed up, it's okay. We're going to get through this. And that's how God is. The flip side of this is sometimes we are broken, though, as well to our own choices. Come on, I know it got quiet up in here right now. We just killed a shout, right? Sometimes our own bad choices cause us to have our own brokenness. We inflict it upon ourselves. But even when we mess up, we have amazing grace. And God says, I don't care. Even if you messed up, you still bring me your brokenness and I'm gonna give you another chance. And his grace gives us what we don't deserve. And he said, even if you messed up this marriage, I'm gonna give you another one and it's gonna work out and it's gonna be great. And you're gonna experience things you've never experienced before because God has grace on us when we come to him with our brokenness, right? Come on, we gotta learn that God is for us. 
Come on, we experience brokenness in so many different areas, but we experience it as well. Sometimes brokenness comes as a result of sin in our lives as well. You know, there's two different types of sin. Let me just teach you something real quick. There's the sin of commission, which means missing the mark. We mess up. We know it's wrong after we did it. Come on, how many of you ever done something, had a sin of commission? You did it, and then afterwards you're just like, dang, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. And you know that you did it, right? Sin of omission means knowing what is right. You already knew in the beginning, right, what was right, but you choose what is wrong. And we've all done that too, right, at times in our lives. So that's how we know that our sin can either cause us to be in brokenness because of our own choices, but we still have to come to God. It's one thing that we all have in common. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So guess what? We've all fallen short, right? We were all really born into a sin nature because we did not know God. He created us, but we did not know him. He gave us the choice then to accept him into our lives, but we all have fallen short. And so number one is everyone is broken. And right before we go to number two, I almost forgot. We have this picture I want to show you. It's a great example of there's only one remedy for sin, and that's Jesus, which we're talking about this week. Because of the cross, I can begin again. So this story, the Notre Dame Cathedral had a fire a few years back. The roof collapsed, and over $1 billion were destroyed. The cross is the only thing that shone bright in the middle of this brokenness. Isn't that a cool picture? This cathedral burnt down like a billion dollars was destroyed and out of everything, the cross was still remaining, hanging there. Isn't that awesome? It shows you that Jesus is still the way in the midst of mess, brokenness, and destruction. Amen? He still shines bright. So everyone is broken. Number two is everyone needs grace. Come on, how many know we all need a little grace sometimes, right? I do, lots of grace sometimes. Grace acknowledges the full implications of sin, yet it does not condemn us. Yes, you messed up, but come on, you can do better. Let's, let's make it right. Let's get our hearts right. Let's move on. Let's learn from this. Let's not do it again. And that's what grace is. Grace is God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It's a gift. You do not have to work for God's grace. You don't have to work for your salvation. If you've been told that, it's not true. I'm just telling you. God's grace is a gift. His salvation is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. Come on. So we can't save ourselves, right? We can't do anything to save ourselves. Only by the grace of God through our faith. It is the gift of God. So salvation is a gift of God. We just have to accept it. We don't have to work for our salvation. How many of y'all thankful for that? Because working for your salvation would take a whole lot of work, right? And some of y'all a bunch of procrastinators and you would have gave up on step two, right? Come on now. The call of salvation is not come and get right and God will love you. The call of salvation is come, you are loved, bottom line. You don't have to work your way to God. You are forgiven. You are free, all because of the grace of God. A few thoughts on grace, if you're not familiar with it. Grace cleans up what we messed up. Thank you, Jesus, right? Grace comes and cleans up what we mess up. Grace isn't opposed to right living, but empowers us to live it. Grace makes us want to live right. It empowers us. Grace is the face love wears when it encounters my imperfections. Grace is indescribable. It's undeserving, unending, unfailing, unlimited, and unbelievable. Come on, we have unbelievable, amazing grace, right? Grace is the face of Jesus. 
And I love that saying, grace is the face of Jesus, because when we remember this week, you know, when Jesus died on the cross and gave his life for us, when you can picture that in your head, him hanging on the cross, that that's the picture of God's grace, that if I was the only person that he died for, if my face was in front of him, he would have still went through all that just for me. And that's how, my, that's how I know grace is real because God was like, I'm going to pour grace on you because I already know you're going to sin before you're, you know, you're not even born yet, but I already know I'm going to pay the sacrifice now to pay for the sins that you're already going to commit because I know when you know how much I love you, you're going to want to turn around and serve me because of the grace I've shown you and because I open it up to have a relationship with you. Once we encounter him, everything begins to change. How many know once you encounter Jesus, everything in your life began to change? It may not have changed just overnight, but something in you began to change. One moment with Jesus and his grace can change everything. The gospel of grace says, come as you are. But that doesn't mean that we stay where we are, right? Because following Jesus puts you on a lifelong journey of change. How many know we say this? We're continually walking out our salvation. We're not working it out because we're not working for our salvation, but we're walking out our salvation. Every day we mess up. Every day we fall short. But we pick ourselves up and we're like, okay, God, I'm still, I'm on my journey. Come on, we all on a journey. Some of y'all are on journey step number one. Some of us are on journey step number 20. Some of us are on this. But guess what? Somebody that's on step 20 can help you at step two because they've been there. They know how it works. So that's how your story of grace can help others. So don't discount your story because of one bad chapter. Come on, how many of y'all have had some bad chapters, right? But how many know we're writing a book, right? So it's just a bad chapter or two. But you've got more chapters to write. Every one of your chapters has a purpose, and in it is pain to help someone else in their walk. Amen? So one, everyone is broken. Two, everyone needs grace. Number three is everyone has a story. And we talk about this so much here at Fuel, that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And we don't just say that to be cliche, even though it sounds cool, but it's because it's a true statement. Every person does matter because that number is a person, that a life that was changed. And then when God helps them discover their story and they discover their purpose and they begin to make a difference, guess what? It's a domino effect. A lot of you are here because of a domino effect of somebody else's life. And you have affected other people that are now here. And so that's how God uses our story and uses God's grace to help us share it with other people. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame and conquered him the devil, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their what? Testimony or story. Same thing we call it. So we have two experiences talked about here. Our acknowledgement of his blood, right, that was shed for our sins, simply recognizing our brokenness and our need to be rescued. Come on, how many know we needed to be rescued, right? Number two is our acknowledgement that he did for me what I could never do for myself. And I can't hide it. I must shout it from the rooftops. How good he's been to me, how he saved me, how he set my mind free, how I've experienced his freedom because your story of grace is now for someone else. Come on, some of you have heard me share my story in times past of how I've dealt with anxiety and depression and 
a lot of things in a deep manner. And you know what? Because I shared that and just a simple thing at times, I've had so many people come to me and say, hey, I'm dealing with this and, and same types of things. What do, you, what do I need to do? How, do? how did you do this? What do you do? And guess what? I'm like, wow, my story touched somebody. I was just sharing my transparency. And guess what? It connected with somebody. But when you have your story and you share, maybe it's going through grief. I know, Deb, you're going through grief right now. There's a lot of people in here have gone through grief and lost people this year. Maybe you've gone through a broken marriage and God's restored thing. Maybe you've gone through divorce, but then God has restored your broken heart. Maybe you've lost a child, maybe in, to the things of this world, and they've gone wayward, and then God brings them back. Guess what? You can share your story with another mom who's going through the same thing, believing God for her son when he's out there using and abusing drugs and alcohol and substances and trying to fill, fill the void in his life. But God knows he's going to come back. Amen? And you're the voice of hope to them, for them to be able to know that God can and God will. Amen? So our story is so powerful. And sometimes it says that we overcome in the scripture. It says they overcame and conquered. So they didn't just overcome, but they conquered the devil, right? Because of the blood of the lamb saying, I already know what Jesus did for me. Don't be bringing up those sins of the past. I already know what he did for me. He saved me. He set me free in my mind. I don't have those urges, those desires anymore. I don't have that thinking anymore. I don't have that behavior anymore. So devil, you better flee and back up because I have the blood of Jesus covering me. Amen. And that you share your story. When you say your story and your testimony, you know what the enemy wants to do? He doesn't want you to share your story. He wants to quiet your voice. Have you ever noticed when you get in praise and worship and you come in, maybe it's just me, but when you come in, it's like, and I get here and it's quiet for a minute and I come into praise and worship and it's just like every distraction tries to come to my head, everything. And I'm like, nope, not today, not today. And I just begin to sing the praises of God and I begin to focus on him. And when I do, I feel a release. I feel those burdens released. I feel my mind renewed. I feel a peace. I know God gives me peace. I'm working on your behalf. I'm working in these situations. Let it go. Release it to me. Let me come in and heal your brokenness. Let me heal your burdened heart today. And that's why the enemy wants to quiet your mouth because he knows there is power in your voice. That's why he doesn't want you to share your story. He doesn't want to share your testimony to people. That's why sometimes you may have been in situations and you're just like, man, should I share this with them? Should I not? If the Holy Spirit's telling you to share it, you better share it. Because you may be like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Just tell your story. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. Be like, hey, I was jacked up. And I totally understand where you're coming from. But listen to what God did for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And when you open your mouth, there's power in that moment when you open your mouth to speak to somebody else's brokenness. It's the key. Every day, if you picture a key, we have a key to unlock somebody else's brokenness and allow God to work through us to bring healing to their hearts and to their situation. But will you be obedient and open your mouth to your, from your place of brokenness, but in victory, sharing your story to somebody else? Maybe they're counting on you. Maybe they prayed all week. God, I just need somebody that understands me. I feel all alone. Come on, have you ever felt like I'm the only one going through this? Nobody knows how I feel. The enemy tells us all that. But guess what? There are people who are going through the same thing as you, maybe in this very room. And God speaks to your heart. But because of fear, the enemy tries to grip you from sharing it. Or what is somebody going to look at me any different? Like I'm a pastor's wife and I've dealt with anxiety and depression and, and didn't even like really have a purpose to live. And they're just like, and it's in the middle of the church growing the first couple years. 
just being honest. Everything was going great. And I'm like, why do I feel like this? What is wrong with me? All this stuff. And it was just an attack of the enemy. And I had to be honest and share it because you know what it did? It set somebody else free. And God healed me in the process of it. And so don't let fear stop you from sharing your brokenness, sharing your story with someone because somebody else is counting on you. Don't miss your opportunity. Could be the only one that they have to hear the hope of Jesus through you. You know, a lot of us, we hear all these comeback stories and one that I really love is Tiger Woods. I know he's gone through a lot and he just went through a lot just now in an accident, but I know he's gonna come back again. But how many know that this guy has a great comeback story if you really look at his life? You know, he was arrested for reckless driving before DUI and having five different drugs in his system at that time, five different surgeries. He was laughed at, told by ESPN analysts that he would never win another Masters or any tournament for that matter. His back was so bad, he said he didn't even know if he was gonna be able to come back and play again. But he defied the odds. And how many know he came back and he won another Masters, right? And now he's done great back in golf. And you know what? It's just think about that. Think of how bad his situation was. And the enemy tried to mock him and make him think. Have you ever had something knock you down in life and it's almost like the enemy is mocking you? Oh, let me see you get up from this. Oh, yeah, let me see your heart heal. Oh, you really trust your God? Oh, you think he's there for you? Why aren't you mad at God? You lost your loved one. Why didn't he heal them? This and that. He tries to tell us all this junk. And you know what? He's the father of lies. All he says is a bunch of lies. God loves us. He does not bring sickness. He does not bring disease. He does not bring pain. But we live in this world, so sometimes those things happen to us because we are in a broken world. And life happens. But God says, come to me with your pain and your brokenness, and I will walk with you. I understand your pain. Jesus felt pain when he was on that cross. He was broken. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do to the people that were crucifying him, the people that he had just fed the 5,000 to a couple weeks before that, people that walked with him that saw miracles, people's legs growing back in front of their eyes, and they doubted him. And they said, crucify him, crucify him. And Jesus, in his humanity and in his brokenness, Father, forgive them for what they do. And I want to create a place for them in heaven. I'm already paying for their sins. I already forgive them. And that's how Jesus is for us. He can relate with our brokenness. So whatever your brokenness is today, bring it to Jesus. When things get difficult and you want to leave, know that the way is through, not out. Come on, sometimes we say, God, I want it to stop. God, make it stop. And God's like, I understand you're going through pain. I know it, but it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my God is with me. And sometimes you got to put those scriptures up and you got to know that your God is with you, that taking you out sometimes doesn't fix what's going on inside. God says, no, I'm going to make you stronger. I'm doing something through you. I didn't bring the pain, but I'm going to carry you through the pain. I'm going to make you stronger and you're going to be able to give me all the glory in the end. No man will glory in it, but God, you say, but God. Have you ever had situations and you're just like, I don't know, but God. God, heal me in my mind. I don't know, but God. I don't know I got healed of a disease, but God. I don't know how my marriage made it, but God. And sometimes you got to have but God moments and bring your brokenness to Him and trust Him that the way is through and not out. Jesus exemplified this for us. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel because you're writing your comeback story. 
Come on, you're almost there. Some of you, I feel like today, this was so strong in my spirit yesterday. There's just such a heavy presence of God that has been on me since yesterday and I can't shake it. I don't know who's here and I don't know what's going on in your life, but some of you have been so broken, you don't know what to do with your brokenness and Jesus is saying, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Don't try to be strong, just bring it to me. Because he's writing your comeback story and you're so close and you feel like the end of this chapter is a sad story at the end and God's like, but hang on, hang on, the page is about to turn. Don't stop praying. Don't stop inviting. Don't stop believing. Don't stop seeking God. Don't stop believing for your marriage. Whatever that is, that person to get saved, don't stop believing because you're right on the edge of your breakthrough. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. How many of you know when we're in darkness and we are without God, guess what? We're blind. But you know what? When you come to Jesus, it's like everything comes to life. Now I see. I get it. I see how good God is. We know everyone is broken. Everyone needs grace. Everyone has a story. But I want to encourage you today, turn to God in your brokenness so he can heal you and you're going through it, and you're gonna come out on the other side to share your story for the glory of God. God is making you stronger. He's making you a disciple of Christ, but just trust the process. Come on, sometimes we just gotta trust the process, right? I cry out and pray to God, and he says, but do you trust me? And I do trust him. And have you ever gone through a situation you never thought you were gonna make it through, and you get on the other side, and you're just like, oh my gosh, look what God did. He brought me through that. He brought me through that. So I'm going through this. I know, I remember the past history of what God has with me. He will always bring me through, even in my brokenness. So don't focus so much on the broken pieces. Focus on the God that you have that can bring those broken pieces and make a beautiful thing in our lives. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads as we close out this morning. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the God who loves to show up in the midst of our brokenness, God. When we can't stop crying, God, when... We feel like no one understands us, God. You understand us in our brokenness, at our worst. God, we feel like we can't go on. God, we feel like we have no purpose, Lord. We feel like we've been believing for something, God, and our doubt comes in and tries to discourage us, God. We just thank you that you are the God that shows up, God, to write our comeback story, God, that comes in to bring healing in places that we've maybe never even spoken to anyone about, God. You know exactly how we feel, Lord. And we will surrender to you, God, today. All the broken pieces, God, because you make beautiful things out of the dust, God, of our lives. And we thank you, God, that we will share our story. Those of us who have been through brokenness and you've healed us and made beautiful things out of our lives, God, that only you can do, God, that we will share it with others, Lord so they can hear of your goodness, God. And it will be the key to unlock their brokenness and bring healing, God. We thank you that you would use us, Lord. And maybe you're here today and you're, maybe you're like, man, I can relate to the brokenness and I can understand the discouragement and the doubt, but you know what? I'm still broken and I'm a mess and I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. The first thing to do is just to surrender your heart to Jesus. No matter if it's broken, he says, come to me because you are loved. He didn't say, get yourself together, then come to me. He said, no, come to me in your mess, your brokenness. I can handle your brokenness. I know your heart. And God is calling you today 
Come on, tomorrow is promised to no one. In the world we live in, we don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. So don't walk away from here not knowing that your security and your eternity is with Jesus today. He's stopping this very service to give you in a moment an invitation to come into a relationship with him. And if that's you today, we're not going to make you stand or anything like that. With every eye closed and head bowed, if you would just lift your hand so I can just see you and I can just include you in on this prayer. If that's you, thank you. Lift your hand all over the place. Thank you. Come on, thank you. Don't wait. This moment is just for you. Come on, don't lay your head on your pillow not knowing if your heart is right. Thank you. Come on. In every section, people are lifting their hands. Come on, we'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. Thank you. Come on. God is calling you today. He said, come on, maybe you've fallen away from God and you just need to renew your heart with him today and come back to him. If that's you, just lift your hand. We're going to include you in on this prayer today. Thank you. Come on. You're not the only ones. There's other people in the room making the same decision. Come on, church. Let's just pray this together. Thank you. I see. Let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you as I am. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I repent of those sins. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Come on. People are bringing their brokenness to Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.